Thank you for joining us tonight in the Creepypasta Book Club, the podcast where we read, analyze, and discuss significant creepypastas, no sleeps, and web horror flash fiction. We are your hosts, Jonah and Wednesday. And today we are discussing Dylan Sindelar's The Showers. And joining us today is our co-host for the episode, KT. Hello. Do I do? I... Yeah. No. Yeah. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Maybe like your experience with horror, web horror. Yeah, definitely. So I've written some like weird fiction, mostly in zines, and I feel like the the, the start of my interest of that is be is like reading threads on 4chan X that are like all these creepy pastas, the like early early ones. Like I remember really enjoying them for just the fact that like it was a, it was like a scary story about something you probably never heard a scary story about before uh, and I feel like that made a big impression mm-hmm. these things are so cool that's such a cool <laughs> like thing to have I, I have very little experience with zines like including reading zines just because that was like never a part of like the the culture that I engaged in but that sounds like a really interesting opportunity i i know that you said you kind of dropped off of reading pastas after around like 2010 ish with with ben drowned like that was sort of your cutoff point yeah around there yeah so like i'm i mostly heard about the kind of wave of like i i guess i mentioned to jonah before the like video game pastas and stuff i just heard secondhand (laughs) oh yeah so like if we like sliced up creepy pasta stuff into like eras you're like first era like in like the early second era yeah like it becoming a tumblr and reddit thing was weird to me in my mind it was like no it's part of this forum for assholes (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean (laughs) not to speak to the demographics of tumblr and reddit yeah (laughs) i know (laughs) didn't change much it's for this forum of assholes. <laughs> this specific group of assholes, yeah. It's a, it's a different type. Like, part of the same family, but different, like, genuses. <laughs> I would say I was thoroughly done by the time Sixpence came on the scene. Oh, oh my god. We should talk about that at some point. That would be, like, that would be, like, a full sort of topic episode. Because, like, Sixpence didn't write pasta necessarily like sixpence was just a weird person who stole art blight on (laughs) tumblr.org and i know you're also uh uh, kt a big fan of like less online tour stuff like i would consider you like especially compared to to me who like only recently experienced Silent Hill 2 for the first time completely. Like, I, I would consider you, like, kind of an expert in in that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely, like, my Silent Hill mutual. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, like, oh my god, this is something I thought about, like, oh, I could bring this up about myself, and I, d- I thought, like, oh, that'd be too much, and then you brought it up. Um, but definitely <laughs> it was, like, because like I said, the, kind of what I like is, like, weird fiction. And, like, if you get into the genealogy of it, it's like, well, technically that all comes from, like, Lovecraft and King and Yellow. But, like, those stories are kind of, like, beyond the bigotry. Like, mm-hmm. stuffy. And, like, mm-hmm. there's something about, like, 
creepypasta comes up and is like probably itself influenced heavily by Silent Hill. Yeah, definitely. It's accessible to people. Like it's what they would have had versus like like Lovecraft stuff is sort of like material and academic compared to like a video game, which in like like people had the PlayStation. It wasn't like an obscure like <laughs> machine to play it on. Yeah, and it's like all of it works with the idea of like a scary place, which like the shower is is in that sub genre. But like the having something more like there's just it's one thing to be like, all right, I'm in the 20s and this guy is telling me about a scary place and I'm thinking about uh, I guess a barn that looked like that versus like <laughs> uh, a video store, but there's something wrong and like you know what a video store is probably, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and so like there there's something tangible and like easily reachable which also uh helps uh create the kind of like feelings of like dream logic and stuff because like Mm -hmm. oh it's so like regular everyday life but it's wrong it's just wrong Mm -hmm. which is like my favorite kind of horror thing yeah like the the uncanny quality of it what's really popular with the kids right now is liminal space stuff yeah, Backrooms is really big. Yeah, I feel like this falls under that category. <laughs> I, my babe, okay, my cousin <gasps> was up here visiting, like, a couple of weeks ago, and she had her, her baby child with her. He's about six years old. He is obsessed with the Backrooms. He was, he was playing. He should play- know what an internet is. He should not know what the Backrooms is. He should not be on the internet. He was playing on his fucking iPad the entire time, building the Backrooms in Minecraft, and trying <laughs> to tell us all about the different, like, video games and monsters that the backrooms is, like, is I don't know anything about backrooms other than like the, the sort of general context of it but it's like you're six like that's really cute but he shouldn't be online doing <laughs> stuff period let alone horror backroom stuff and like I looked into that a lot and the demographic is like younger which is like hey shouldn't you be like doing math or something <laughs> I don't think it's bad for like because children love horror. Like, yeah, they're fascinated no, with like fucked up macabre. I stuff. say that as if I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like as if we weren't extremely online children. I think all three of us who <laughs> were exposed to things they shouldn't see. <laughs> I mean, kids are gonna look for stuff like period, but like there's a difference between like accessible and stuff. Like, yeah. I didn't like get online. It was like Roblox advert back rooms everywhere whatever <laughs> i was like what if i figured out how to get off um the child lock stuff and to look at things like it's, it's different yeah you you actually had to like break through uh parental controls to watch beheading videos um, yeah i don't work for that it's it's, it's just different today <laughs> Nowadays, kids just get handed their beheading videos on a silver platter. They don't appreciate it. (laughs) The entitled younger generation don't know how hard it was. But that is great because, like, this. uh, I'm in a Discord for, like, a a podcast uh, that I support on Patreon that is about, like, the paranormal and conspiracy theories. Oh, cool. Which is, like... It's kind of like a skeptical look at it, but still very much like enjoying the thing that it is. Mm-hmm. 
But like they like on a stream ended up talking about the back rooms and they were talking it's like that how that is like so fucking huge now and it's like that is one of those like that is one of those like super early pastas like somebody from that group like then dug up like a screenshot of the original post of it and it's just like a post yeah it's like nothing it's a paragraph yeah and it's been turned into this whole world there's there's no thread it's just a picture of like a hotel hallway that looks kind of weird and now there's like (laughs) it's actually the back area of a department store there you go (laughs) it gets back to that like like the yeah like the core appeal of a lot of pasta style horror is like real life but fucked up and uncanny what if a weird guy was looking at you oh my god that no you scared me so much just now Um. (laughs) yeah a a weird guy looks at you a woman can touch you I, like, legitimately, for years, maybe only recently, got past this, the idea of, like, Jeff the Killer, a picture of Jeff the Killer, <laughs> is actually the scariest thing. And then, like, That's really pe- people talking about it as it's funny, and then, like, oh, you think this is good. And I'm like, oh, but the there's no nose, and the mouth and the eyes are wrong. <laughs> it just all hits at once. It is it is a fucked up picture. Yeah. It's like the Jeff the Killer image is much like scarier than anything in the story and that the story is so disconnected from like the image of Jeff the Killer. People were like, No thank you. Anyway, here's this guy in a ship with other characters now. Yeah, that shit is wild to me because I didn't know there was a story. I was just like, that's the name of that fucked up picture people keep posting. <laughs> Same with smile dot dog. Yeah, that one really gets me. I'm really obsessed with that one. Actually, there was like a no sleep story written by uh, it was Michael or Cameron about smile dot dog, and I was just like, it's like that's it's like it's that one where it's red instead of blue, or is it a separate one? I think it was like a new one. Um, but I was just like, there you go, Mister Just King things contributing to the lore. <laughs> yeah, so it looks really cool. I think we have it. I think we're gonna do that one. Nice. Eventually. Oh, oh, like the the smile dog lore. That would be that would be something, especially down the line, if we want to co- like, depending on how long it is. Like, it would be fun to do like a couple of like shorter ones that we can kind of hit rapid fire. But speaking of which, actually, I uh, I want to get really quick into the summary of showers. Oh yeah, let's do it. Because I forgot to do that at the start of the episode. So, Showers follows the character of Jack, who is a young man with a taste for horror stories. He befriends one of his high school teachers, who tells the class this story about an experience that he had after graduating college, where he stumbles onto this weird barn facility thing out in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. Something terrible happens out there. Like, they all have this this horrifying experience. One of the friends gets hurt, but then they all get out okay. Only Jack finds out several years later, as an adult, getting ready to graduate college, uh, he meets up with this teacher coincidentally again, and finds out that the friend that went with him died, and Mr. Mays has been traumatized for years after the fact. 
Um, so naturally, as he is getting ready to graduate college, he decides to head over there with one of his college friends after they've spent some time tooling around in Colorado. They find the place, he falls down into it, injures himself horribly, and has uh, a nightmarish experience that has led to basically ruining his life. So, uh, it's Nebraska. <laughs> it is in Nebraska, hell on earth, as he keeps yeah. reiterating. I did some, like, looking into where this might have taken place, and Hastings and Broken Bow are, like, really far apart. The only thing about Nebraska that I that I know about is that, like, the boyfriend of a friend of ours lives there, and that's the only person that I can confirm lives in Nebraska at all. I think, yeah, Nebraska's not real. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a story about Nebraska as a whole. <laughs> yeah, Nebraska's just like this when you go there. I have some Nebraska facts. Yeah. Oh, good. Broken Bow, Nebraska has 4,000 people and is in Cluster County. It features in the song Prairie Fire. Hastings, Nebraska is in Adams County and nowhere close to Broken Bow. It has 26,000 people in it and it's where Kool-Aid was invented. It's home <laughs> to the Fisher Fountain, which is one of the largest water fountains in the United States. Is I'm, I'm trying to remember, because I know they talked about being outside of Broken Bow. Do they talk about going to Hastings? They bring up Hastings, I think, in the sequel. Okay. And a lot of people consider that, like, the true location, but the sequel's kind of not good. So... <laughs> we'll we'll talk about the, the sequel someday, but not today. The sequel, okay. I think it doesn't exist. You know what I just said. Right now, currently, does not exist. Fantasy. Not real. I have to, like, keep that in mind when I'm reading The Showers today because I found the sequel so disappointing that it, like, retroactively makes Showers worse for me. Yeah, it does. So I have to ignore it. Because <laughs> I want to like Showers. Like, there are things about it that I do appreciate. And there's some rereading of it, which, by the way, I didn't remember how long Showers was until rereading it. Like... It, my mind had trimmed it down to, like, its core essentials, and getting back into it was like, my god, can we hurry this up? Like, I don't think this yeah, needs to be as long. It's, okay. Uh, uh, Katie, I, you might not know this, because you were not into, like, the Slenderman kind of stuff the way that the two of us were, mm -hmm. but this guy also made one of the big-name Slenderman series. M.L. Anderson. M.L. Anderson Zero, yeah. Yeah. And it is probably out of like all the big series in hindsight the least well regarded it was really really huge really really popular at the time it used to be okay i was back in the day on like the main slenderman universe like forum sites and people were like this one is gonna dethrone the big three this one is gonna <laughs> this one is better than dark harvest this one is like that was a big 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 fight and this one is better than, like... Yeah, like, this is as good as Marble Hornets. This is, yeah. like, th this one is going to totally upturn. And then it kind of didn't. Because, like, for some of the same reasons that I can identify now in Showers, yeah. which is that it is, like, kind of interminably long for the amount of content that's actually in it. The thing about Showers is that it doesn't need to be divided into two parts. You could very easily get all, all of the it. content of Showers into a single Reddit post. Rereading it was, like... There are sentences that he would repeat 
frequently throughout. It was like he didn't want to cut the sentences and didn't didn't know which sentence to prefer over the other, so they just ended up all inside it. It was a version of the story, like, why would you need to retell the same story twice? If you were doing this, why wouldn't you have the protag be doing this and then, like, relay the teacher's story as it was happening? Like, it's told in this really, like, linear way that increases the word count for no reason. (laughs) I feel like what this is trying to accomplish is this sort of, like, generational impact kind of thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he he learns... Because, like, the showers is so ambiguous that it's hard to read it as anything that is real. Yeah. He kind of prompts you to do that. Like, it is, it's it's clearly supposed to be some kind of, like, metaphor for yeah. something. It seems to be something to do with, like, mental health, with the themes of Mr. Maze's, like, declining mental health, driving him to drink, and the same thing happening to Jack. Yeah, I write down there that, I write down in my notes, that even though I don't like the phrase trauma dumping, the fact that this teacher <laughs> does that to these kids later... <laughs> And the OP is like, I love this teacher. And I'm thinking, like, during it, like, if I was the same age as OP, which I was at one time, I don't think about my high school teachers, like, period. And, like, like the <laughs> author d- clearly hasn't moved around a lot. Like, tell me you haven't moved around a lot without telling me. Like, that's not, like, you don't think those things. We are not in a stationary location. But, like, like the kind of really arrested development of... OP and like the way they go about doing like the urban exploration like bothering people and being really like obnoxious there's there's like something there to that there's a sort of and I can't tell whether or not because Jack as a character seems to not be particularly self-aware and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to read that as like a flaw that the character has or if that's like a failing of the writing itself not really understanding the character because yeah. he talks about he's like oh i was a well-adjusted normal kid i was just really into telling scary stories and that was my entire personality and i liked getting attention from people all the time and it's the only thing i cared about and that's why i want to be a writer it's like oh you were not a well-adjusted child no. <laughs> there's this thing that happens in the story where he gives like the audience he does this a lot in different parts but this is particularly a thing. He, he's like, oh, I, my family wasn't in the military. We just moved around a lot. Why would you introduce that kind of logic only to, like, remove the easiest grasp for people? Like, if you say you move around a lot, people will fill it in, oh, like, they're probably in the military. That's fine. But, like, why would you be like, we moved around a lot, but it wasn't this thing, but not elaborate what it actually was? Without... <laughs> no, this is so fucked up to me. The... I have this thing with, like, my notes commented in. Neither of my parents had anything to do with any branch of the armed forces. They simply didn't tend to hang around any given place for too long. I suppose it had some sort of effect on me, but I wasn't hurt by it or anything of the sort. That is pure fucking denial to me. Yeah, yeah. Something... Something happened. Which is just, like, happenstance. I feel like the writer didn't intend that, but it's just like, no, dude. (laughs) This is weird. Yeah, and, and and especially with Jack's personality. Yeah, like later stuff too. Like, you know, like if someone told that to you as a person, you'd be like, "Oh no, you're you're not <laughs> a healed individual." Actually, <laughs> one of my major readings of this story is that it is about like 
masculinity and like deflecting trauma and like not really mm. engaging it um because oh, like you mentioned good. mr mays like totally he he's like my therapist told me i need to tell the story so what does he do tell it to 12 year olds he doesn't just tell it to 12 year olds he books himself a performance once a year <laughs> where he like damn near brings himself to tears he is like i'm gonna do my I can't remember the reference. That fucking stand-up special that everybody said didn't have any jokes in it, but was, like, really touching. Is it the Bo Berman one? Hannah Gadsby. He's gonna do Um, a Hannah Gadsby. He's he's gonna do his Nanette once a year, every year. (laughs) To a bunch of children. And then, like, (laughs) surprise, this is actually just causing him to flash back and, like, revisit it, and it's not actually him, like, dealing with it. Hey, what if I triggered myself and... in front of children instead of doing my therapy courses i think that'd be really good for me personally it's just like this is what she meant right and then (laughs) jack goes on to be like "Uh, also this is how you can tell part two was not planned when part one because in part one he says i still am a horror junkie no you are not you told me you're not (laughs) you tell me you're not later Oh, oh, right point. At the end, he, at the start, he's like, I'm a horror junkie. But at the end, he's like, I, I'll never set foot in Nebraska. I'll never look at horror again. And it's like a thing that, like, poorly written stories do a lot of times. Where, like, um, this really specific fucked up thing happened to me. And now I'll never do something really general again. Like, okay, yeah. well, you're not 12 anymore. Can we, like, step it up, please? <laughs> also, the fucking horror junkie shit. What a way to phrase that. 2013 yeah. read it. He said, like I said, I was and am a sucker for this kind of stuff. So it, like, doubles down, like, this is still a thing for me. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it's like, no, I can't deal with any of it. And so it's like, Mr. Mays is, like, doing a ritual where he, like, revisits a horror and dumps it on his kids. And, like, Jack is doing, like, I drink and I don't let it exist in my life, even though it very much does. But also, like, he he's doing kind of the same thing. Like, he is still... Like, that was one of the things that stuck out to me, is that this is still the same kind of, like, grasp for attention. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this is yeah. still... He is presenting it as a story to us. When he is talking about, like, this story is about the danger of, of telling stories. And yeah. of, like, giving people... One of Sindelar's, like, knowing his other work, one of his big sort of preoccupations is this idea of, like, a mind virus. Mm-hmm. And oh he's he's treating the idea of the showers in a very similar way that he does the virus in Emil Anderson. Showers is more like a realized version of the thing he attempts to do in his bigger project. Yeah. The second part aside, this goes. Like, <laughs> the... Even, like, with the weaker writing aspects, it's like, I want to show showers to other people. I want to, like, spread the story around and to some extent. Like, so, like, in that, like, the mental, like, hook on it does work. He, he puts... I feel like a lot of the hype of showers is perpetuated by the fact that he builds up the story within the story itself. He's yeah. like, this story was so incredible when he told it to me that, like, through the rest of my life that I told this story to everyone that I, like, every time I moved into town, people always loved this story when I told it to them. It is it is perpetuating the, the, the hype around mm-hmm. this this trauma story that he has, like appropriated from this guy who is like ruining his life with it and then he decides to replicate that 
when they talk in the bar and stuff, and he's, like, gushing at him, I wrote in my notes, one true pairing. So, <laughs> I just wanted you guys to have that. Um, Thanks. Those are the only okay. characters who relate to each other at all. <laughs> uh, Steve is there, but... Yeah, nobody else in the story exists. It like n- nobody is a real person except for writers. Like, okay, that, that may be a bit ungenerous <laughs> no, of me, but like, like, I feel yeah. like I get that vibe. It's like you're only a real person if you're a serious artist. I feel like that comes up in like ML Anderson too, in like a way that's hard to like register if you're not knowing where this guy is coming from. I know a lot of people who like it also like stuff like John dies in the end, which is sort of the a very similar like narrative above other people kind of story like mm-hmm. it's a writer's story for writers mm-hmm. uh, that that also brings me back to kt when you were talking about his unfortunate use of like junky as like as like a casual sort of thrown about term that he uses i was thinking about the the way he uses like addiction and like coping mechanisms in this story in this very like accessory yeah yeah it's 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 kind of an accessory to a character to show that they are like twisted and fucked up it's 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 this very sort of like 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 the mythology around Hemingway mm-hmm. is what it reminds me of when I see this kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I have in my notes, this feels like a very Stephen King note. Like, when he gets into <laughs> stuff like that, this feels like the kind of, like, haphardashery of, like, it's grody and shocking, look at it now, and not, like, these people aren't, like, real people. Right. I think it's, like, Stephen King who says, like, don't use adverbs, which, like, whatever, yeah. I have my opinions on that. But I like I kept thinking about that reading this because there are like clunky sentences in this. Yeah. I, and yeah. then it would go on to say, and now I have an English degree, and I'm like, don't tell me that right now. You're not you're yeah. like, listen. That was that was something that I wrote in my notes too. I was like, hey, like, hey, why are you advertising that you have like a degree in this and like trying to show off your like the thing is, right? The way that this is written. People were so impressed with yeah. the writing back in, like, 2012, I'm pretty sure, when this came out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, writing that appeals to people who do not have a very broad base yeah. for their reading. Like, it is, it is intended to appeal to its audience, which is, like, people on no sleep, who mm-hmm. are probably younger, probably do not have, like, a lot of experience with literature... But it's it's very like the guy in your English class mm-hmm. who thinks that he's God's gift to literature, and then you read it and you're like, "What is this? Why did you write it this way?" Like, okay, so being like a failed degree English person would make the way he writes this feel more real, even though I don't think it was what the author is intending. Like, oh, you have an English degree and you're flexing and you're fucked up. Um, is one of my notes, and also another of my notes is when was this. <laughs> When was this put out? It was it was it was twenty twelve. It was like a year after M. L. Anderson started, because it was it was it was the, it was voted the scariest no sleep of twenty twenty twelve. I mean twenty twelve. Fuck. He drops a pretty he, he drops a pretty hard slur, and I don't think that was okay in twenty twelve. Yeah. <laughs> like in tw- in two thousand and two, maybe just like right at the end, out of nowhere. But he drops a big slur. Yeah. In 2012, 
that's not okay. Okay, listen, I would get into trouble, like get into like fight fights with my friend group that I hung out in middle school telling people not to say the arcelor in like 2002 or whatever. So by 2012, <laughs> who are you hanging out with that still says that, you know? Like, that's not okay. It was so weird, too, because it was like this struggle with the technical writing. I don't know, however you want to phrase that. Yeah, technical. Uh, like, that, with, plus the, uh, the very, like, and then everybody clapped at his story energy. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, it's like. It's very Reddity. Yeah. I haven't noticed the author is really self involved. Like, this is unreal, dude. It was just, like, corny in a certain way. That, like, then when I got to the end where he's like, I'm not a slur. I'm just like, oh, like, because in my brain, like, I'm living in 2022. I'm seeing corny. I'm just like, oh, this is kind of just like, I don't know, not I'm just like imagining something more Tumblrina-esque. And then that just comes out of nowhere. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And, like, he doesn't establish as a character to say something like this. I I might give... It's not okay to say slurs, period, but, like, I might give a little wiggle room if the character you're trying to write about is, like, a bag of dicks. Is is established nasty. Yeah. And Jack says this. Yeah. And Jack says that, and it's like, oh, don't you rethink this entire character, or is the author just... He's he's trying to build up, I think, this sense of, like, grit about the character, like, the way that he talks about the burgeoning alcoholism <laughs> and Stupid. stuff like that. Like, <laughs> it's, it's very, I feel a lot of House of Leaves off of this. I feel a lot of Johnny Truant coming off of this. Yeah, definitely. The House of Leaves stank. Which, by the way, I can go on with that guy, like... Which is why I think he feels so... I mean, on top of the fact that, like, horror spaces in 2012 were still, like, ten years behind normal people, like... <laughs> That's true, too. And it's also, like, again, the John dies in the end is in a very similar tone, where the guy is supposed to be, like, high-minded, yeah. but also, like, janky in this way. So and I feel like that's a big inspiration to this guy. Yeah, like, nasty and edgy, because it's, like... Like, oh, I'm a, I'm a horror writer. But at the same time, this bitch boy is afraid of children in a basement and he's never like, hey, do you need help? Hey, what's going on here? He's like, oh my god, God, get out of here. Like, okay, well, take the L, I guess. They smelled really bad. So, probably evil. His sensitive, his delicate sensitivities were like offended and he had to get out of that basement. I will say, I felt like those segments that were about that, like, weird building mostly worked for me. Like, I felt mm-hmm. like there was some... I think partially just because it was, like... There was, like, a particular, like, focus on some details, but not all of them. And mm-hmm. so it was just kind of, like, the feeling of, like, oh my god, there's just, like, something here. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, came across. The building itself is, like, spooky. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the vibe of it is bad. It's like, yeah. hey, why do you have, you know, like, a barn, and everything around it is dead, yeah. and then underground, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's a room full of showers. That is inherently scary. But the fact that the, the, the money shot is dead yeah, children is, is, like, I think, a little bit of a letdown. I have two notes here. Um... One is I don't want to die in Nebraska has lodged itself in my head as a phrase I repeat for other things. Like, I don't want to <laughs> die in blank state. 
But then he, like, immediately <laughs> runs into the ground by repeating it twice. If he just, like, oh, if he just, like, yeah. whips it out, like, I don't want to die in Nebraska, yeah, that sold me. But then the friend says it again, and it's like, this isn't good anymore. I'm sorry. But, like, it still lodged itself yeah, in my head. He really patted himself on the back for that fucking like, line. Oh, it's good. Just let it be good. That happens a lot in this story where yes. it's, like, yeah. the like that also adds to the fucking length of it. Yeah, so he just, like, doesn't know how to edit. Even when it's not, like, a zinger it's just like the narrator will like put a line and then put another line that like basically conveys the same information in a different way like it, i don't think he could like pick which one he liked more and just like put them both in Mm-hmm. well <laughs> and i a lot of it was like a vibe i got from it was like defensive that it starts with like five paragraphs of being like listen i know i make up stories sometimes but this is true and you know because and it's, like, so defensive in a way that makes me, like, scrutinize it more. Because if you were just, like, yeah. confident about your story, I'd ride with it for so it's long. like, hey, fuck off. Look at this. Especially because, hey, this was posted on No Sleep. The premise of No Sleep is that you are not allowed to ask questions yeah. and say, oh, I think this is bullshit. Yeah. The whole premise of No Sleep is that everything on No Sleep is real. You don't have to preface it with five fucking paragraphs of being, like... Well, I was a kid who who used to like tell a bunch of scary stories and cry wolf, but I promise this one's real. It's like okay, yeah. Backtracking, <laughs> backtracking a little bit to like where this place has like a weird vibe. I have under mm-hmm. here like this like places being bad as a center of like people's creepy pasta, but like you're not from the area where they go to where the place is bad. Like you investigate as like an outsider and make the place bad through your experience. Like, you're bringing that with you. And, like, what does that say about the story? Like, why does he pick this area to do the story? I did, like, research into, like, folklore and, like, other things that the showers could be about and the the mythos of this area. And, like, nothing connected to it. So why bring that energy here? Why why decide to become, like, urban explorers who decide a place is bad? There is, like, I have... Thoughts about, like, the urban legend, campfire-esque-ness of it all. Mm-hmm. Which is, like... So, for one thing, uh, touching on the, like, cognito hazard uh, aspect we mentioned before. Yeah, that's good. So, it kind of, like, follows this, like, sort of urban legend, campfire... Like, or, or even, like, old fantasy story where, like, the idea is not that, like, there's a different world and something happened. It's, like, if you go somewhere in the world, there is a fucked up thing. And it's mm-hmm. real, but it's only right there. So just don't go there. And like yeah. that's kind of a shape of a story. But like when you get more into creepypasta, and it's like everything. There's technology, and there's like people documenting everywhere they go. You have to like come up with more reasons of like, like falsifiability. Yeah. Yeah. Of of like. Oh, well, well, here's why nobody's ever seen this. But also, <laughs> I'm telling you it. So here's why <laughs> I'm telling, like, does make more sense to just be like, it was an hour out of the town that I lived in. <laughs> Instead yeah. of just like, I went somewhere <laughs> yeah, within a like, hundred mile radius of a town. That is insane. There's something interesting, I think, about that is like, the mythology of the Americana road trip is so, like, divorced from most people's reality anymore that it ends up lending to like a fable feeling in the story 
Like, who mm-hmm. the fuck road trips anymore? But that was, like, common, <laughs> like, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, that was, that was a big, like, you know, 60s, 70s culture yeah. thing. So, like, you can believe, right, that Mr. Mays, because, like, everyone in his generation was taking, was either, like, fucking, they would backpack across Europe or they would take a big drive across the U.S. and they hit up a bunch of weird landmarks. Yeah, so, like, you can believe that comes from Mr. Mays. So, like, if you're going to do that, keeping, like, American history in mind, and you tried to recreate his thing, but found that everything was, like, desolated, but you still had different scary experience, I think this would land better. That's what I was gonna say. Like, you find oh the remnants of oh, yes. what he saw. Because oh. now it's like, well, because the kids are still there and the same, that, like, implies kind of, like, a boring lore <laughs> versus just like, yeah. oh, there was something here, but I don't know. Uh, it sucks. Yeah, like, oh my, and then you're, like, fucked up for life, because, like, you, you're, like, possessed by this thing you can never have, and it becomes about something more than the story itself. Oh my god. It's like, if, if, if the same exact thing happened up to the point where he, like, falls through into the basement, and he sees the showers, but the room is just, like, empty, and he, he's, (sighs) he's, like, almost convincing himself that he can see... Yes. The bodies are moving figures in there, but nothing happens, and he's just driving himself fucking crazy in the dark. And, like, that feels so good. I mean, the story is called Showers. Yeah. So just have him see the showers, because that's the evidence. Yeah. I feel like, okay, there's something in that, like, money shot scene I like is the talking to him, because that feels really, like, invasive and weird and unique to the story, but, like... Seeing the kids approach, having the hair in the face, that's too much. It's too much. Yeah, like, doing just doing a whole grudge moment about yeah, it. Yeah, it's so, it's so much. I didn't like the grudge. <laughs> the grudge is okay. The, the original one's okay. The American one, like, drama, like, dramatizes the wrong word. Like, overproduces it. So, like, a lot <laughs> of the quality is, like, stripped back. Like, imagine if you're watching... Sc- like, I don't know, pick an American horror movie, I was gonna say Scream, but, like, imagine if you were watching the Scream and you had, like, musical stings for every, like, moment you should notice. It's, like, <laughs> it's really, it's, it's not as good. So what do we think of that voice in the end? Like, I, I agree that's too much, I would rather him to have found, like, remains of the place and just be, like, the speculation from within, but, like, in the entire context of it, that's my favorite part of that, like, end scare is that he's being spoken to because it doesn't have anything to do with Mr. May's story. Like, that's his experience. And so, like, pointed. Yeah, like, yeah, like, as far as he knows, that is the only thing that he really has about this experience that is unique. Yeah. And just, like, the raw desperation of it. Like, Going back to, like, um, like the, the idea of toxic masculinity, like, being, like, a premise of the story, is, like, this guy being, he's no longer doing, like, a macasmo, macho nonsense. He's, like, broken down. He's, like, hey, why didn't you open the door? He's, like, like dissolved by the experience of fear, and, like, his ego collapses, and his friend wasn't there, and he just wanted that connection. Mm. I like that. I just remember, like, I got there and I, like, highlighted it and made a note and it was like, this is good. Like, when when that voice speaks. And then, like, the little bit of the rest of the story happened. And then I got frustrated. I don't fully know Mm -hmm. why. Because I don't want... I don't want him to explain the voice. 
But yes. also there's yeah. like something I like wanted to sit with it. There are like moments in this story where it's like, uh, this is like big. I want to sit with it. But like the length is dedicated to stuff I don't care about. <laughs> like wordy exposition of writing concepts and not like emotional type. Like, like there's a thing with writers who write in a certain style who like push the feelings of like away and, and put like text in place of it. Oh my god, it's meta. Like, but the thing about it is that this story is aggressively structured. It is mm-hmm. a very structural story, which is one of the things in the end that he makes a big deal out of is he's like, yeah, like, you may be disappointed that nothing happened in the end, and I just got out of there and I've been living my life. And it's like, hey, that's how most horror stories end. Like, but you yeah. know that, right? Like, most, hey, most campfire stories end like that. You had a, cl- like, hey, you had a money shot. You had a climax. A dead child was crawling all over you. <laughs> yeah, you heard yeah, a mysterious yeah. voice from outside of you taunting you and, and fucking with you while a dead child was, like, gonna uh, claw your face off. And you, and you thought you were gonna die. And then you survived and you're having a denouement right now. Like, this is a structured story. Stop trying to pretend that you're doing something abstract yeah. here. Yeah, I, I have in my notes, like, a similar thing. It's like, this is told very literally, and he wants you to believe that it's not being told that way. Like, <laughs> but I can read with my eyes. He goes through great pains to make it literal. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm experiencing your story as it is happening. A, B, C, we're done. Like, nothing else is going on, dude. <laughs> he, like, specifies, like, Listen, these are the details. You don't believe me, but da 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 da. And it's like, okay, I'll try to believe you that this is a thing that happened. <laughs> like, we're not invited into the story and a lot of like creepypastas that are like really like resonant and good that carry on throughout like decades, literally. But like the idea of urban exploration and like, what if I personally found a creepy place? How would I feel about that? Is what makes this story popular, I think. Yeah, and, like, also, you know, people think the grudge was scary, incorrectly. Yeah, well. Okay, <laughs> come on. Grudge We're not going to hate on the grudge. I think, well, okay. I'm not. You can. Do whatever you want. I'm, I'm not hating on it. I just, I, I, I found it disappointing. I liked Ring a lot better. I see. I, I, I agree. The Ring is a lot, because the Ring has a lot of stuff going on, whereas the grudge is, like, just a, a haunting. It's a, it's a ghost story. That's also, I just love ghost stories, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, but a ghost story isn't the same thing as a story uh, that goes over, like, medical abuse. That goes over, like, the encroaching of technology onto our individual person of, like, sexism and stuff. Versus, like, The Grudge, which is, like, also a story about sexism, but it's also, like, a ghost story. Whereas The Ring is, like... God, I still gotta see Ring. Oh my god, so good. I hope none of that spoiled anything. <laughs> but, like, the... The American version of The Ring is very contained compared to, like, the Japanese and other, like, um, Eastern Eastern um, film media about it. I think there's only, and I haven't seen the Korean one, but I hear it's pretty good, so I need to see it eventually. And, like, I do recommend reading the books. There are books? Oh, my oh God. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there were books it's a, either. It's a, it's a, it's a, origi- it was originally a novel that the movie is based on. Huh. And, the, and the American movie is based on the Japanese movie, which is based on the Japanese novel. Huh. All of those sound <laughs> better than this story. 
I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would say even Grudge is is in a lot of ways better than Showers because it knows what it's trying to be. It succeeds at brooding. You know what is a better version of the Grudge? If you're going to watch the Grudge and you don't want to watch the Grudge because it feels like <laughs> the Grudge, it's slipping my mind what it's called. It's about cameras. And it's a very similar story, and it's also an American adaption. Oh, Shutter. Shutter, yes. Okay, Shutter is a really good like middle ground between those two, because S H U T T E R. Yes, yes, yes. Um, for the listeners. Yeah, and for me, because I I don't know this movie either. Okay, it's okay. So I'm going to spoil it. So stop listening and go watch it and come back. Don't say. Oh, okay. I won't spoil it. You haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Act like you're not listening to me. Anyway, it's about. Let me let me explain it in the most vague way possible then an event happens to a character and that event is taken through the story and when you get to the event like the themes that start the story make sense instead of like oh it's just doing this for the gimmick i hate when events happen to me i know it's no longer like just a loose like oh it's spooky scary it's now like oh this was important to this person who experienced this thing. If an event happened to me, I would freak out. <laughs> I think I would be really scared if an event happened to me. I would probably start drinking <laughs> and never watch a horror movie again. From the way that you're describing it, I'm also picturing like a, a similar kind of structure that happens in like Lake Mungo. Yeah, yeah. I really oh like that God. too. So it's very, yeah, it's a thing that hits me a lot. Like... Things that feel really disparate becoming, like, a conclusion that wraps up really rapidly fast in your face. And then you're, like, left with it. Like, you you have been attacked by not knowing where these things fit into it until it comes rushing at you, is why I like about Lake Mungo. I think Lake Mungo is a really excellent movie. I think it's beautiful and very well done, mm-hmm. but it also just does not hit me in the same way that I know it hits a lot of people. I'm also really scared of, like, doppelganger stuff. So, like, along with the Mm. topics, it's just a general fear I have. Like, if Lake Mungo was, like, about dolls instead, and we had, like, like, whatever format strikes you really hard, you know? Like... Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. If Lake Mungo was about (laughs) dolls, it would probably scare me very, very much. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, that level of fear, along with the structure of the story, is like, oh, this gets me really hard. This is scary. I'm scared now. <laughs> I feel like, like, Mungo is really good. It adhered really strongly to its format of being, like, a document, like, mm-hmm. a straight-up documentary, which mm-hmm. is why it was so jarring to me when they showed that clip of the reveal of the where it's like why are you, like this seems like it's illegal content why is it in this documentary <laughs> oh 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 i have this note australians will do anything <laughs> true this is for a different a different thing we're doing um but like uh-huh. very much like the Poughkeepsie tapes where people don't get what's going on is that there have been inserted content into it right sorry to spoil the Poughkeepsie tapes for anyone but like and that, like, why are you seeing this? Why are we hearing this? Is a really, like, central thing to creepypastas that I feel like a lot of people, like, don't get when they're making it. Like, why does the audience need to know all these details in the showers? 
Yeah, like, yeah. what's what's the motivation of the author to say the things that they're saying in the way that they're saying them? And, and like, we, we were talking about medium a bit mm-hmm. ago as well. Mm-hmm. Like, this is definitely, this is so extremely a story made for Reddit. Yeah. In the same way that yeah. Goatman was a story made for 4chan. Yeah, it, it could not have, like, thrived in another place. And, like, in fact, if it was any more, like, writery, it wouldn't work in Reddit. But, like, the fact that it cut into this culture of, like, we are high-minded, making creepypasta higher standards and all this stuff hits that sort of, like, niche in Reddit and, like, no sleep or mm-hmm. whatever that other places don't have. And I feel like that affected, like creating stuff in a way yeah it's like like they don't even call it creepypasta there like they all call it no sleep like it's it's sort of gauche to call it pasta anymore yeah even though that's what it is i feel like so with the the thing of like and i looked up to my i guess i guess mr maze was his american history teacher because of what he mentioned not Mm -hmm. a writing teacher but um, I looked up to my t- and and I you know I'm English degree and all this stuff and it's just like this doesn't match the story you've written this thing you've said about yourself I feel like that sort of turn you're talking about with like as it moves to Reddit and being like trying to be more high minded and all that is like part of why I fell off because like reading this mm-hmm. on X I assume uh, the stuff that would come on like something awful as well it was just like well, this is obviously, like, some asshole from the internet who is just, like, of course they're writing it poorly. They're just trying to say what happened to them. But this person, like, does that and then is like, but as a writer, and it's like, no. Be a normal person because it makes this whole thing work so much better in every way. But, like, yeah, I guess if that was the values of the of the subreddit, that's just, like, so weird. Also... I'm sure y'all like will or have covered this. Uh, was it Ted's caving page? I can never oh, remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ted, Ted the Caver. Like, yeah, yeah, I will Ted do the it. Caver. So, but I, I just like talking about like oh, we get these like really intense descriptions of these like frail eternal children. I don't know. Um, that is like we don't really. But it's like it's a story in the dark. Like let us just tell us you didn't couldn't see anything. Um, because like <laughs> that is. Uh, Ted the Caver is like yeah. that is a scary fucking story and you don't know what they don't tell you they're like I took a gun <laughs> bye so idea of someone like in the dark that you can feel a presence there but like you can't see is like magnitudes more scary than like knowing there are like children and stuff and also like I don't know how much people want to get into this but like he does tie the image of, like, showers and stuff to, like, Nazism for a moment. Yeah. And a couple times. Yeah. And, like, are we supposed to think things about that? Or is he just being edgy? I didn't know how to bring that up. But, like, <laughs> it, like, hangs in with a story like that. It does. Or a stink. It, even if he didn't mention it, I feel like it would... Calling it the showers euphemistically is, like, already so much. Yeah. <laughs> In, like, my, my research, there's like, the massive fountain is connected to, like, ammunition building in, like, that area for World War II. So, like, is that, like, the seed of the story is a note I have. But, like, he could just be 
being edgy and online he did drop a slur so yeah i mean yeah it was 2012 not surprising if he was just being like edgy on the internet like Mm -hmm. i mean hey this was this was the gas chambers joke era of the internet you know like he's just making like a uh even even if that wasn't necessarily intentional, I can imagine that it was like a topic that would have been on his mind. Yeah, yeah. Like subconsciously, he's in, you know immersed in this culture that's making jokes about stuff. <laughs> if that wasn't like an influence, like, and the story was still like about a weird space in Nebraska, it probably would still be okay. Yeah, it's like it was just called the barn or something just like anything because it's just like it has no connection or meaning there's no like point being made via that like yeah yeah comparison i feel like it's like yeah it's made weaker by it one it has no like basis in anything i'd be really interesting to see if he had like deep lore thought but i think if he doesn't like it shows and that it just feels like uh, a snapshot of the time period and like a quick flip kind of story and that really undercuts anything that's like going good in it it's it's strange too like not to not to give away a thing that happens in showers too yeah but like hey the children don't come back in showers too it's like a different monster yeah with like attributes that are uh coded in a, yeah. in a certain way that we, yeah. we've sort of already discussed a little bit in, in Goatman in our conversation about yeah. that, like, yeah. based on the sort of cultural consciousness of that. Yeah, so, like, he's just sort of, like, pond skating, like a like an insect for, like, whatever is current <laughs> and hip going on. I guess you could do that if you're super on Reddit, but, like, that's not good for your writing, dude. I do just want to point out, okay, so it's, like, after... Mr. Mays tells the story, and Mm -hmm. then they're walking out of the class. And then, like, the first connection is made uh, textually, first explicit connection is like, I bet it was some sort of crazy Nazi hideout, said one girl. But then, after that, I think they were all ghost babies that were killed by a dog, said another. She, (laughs) I think she knows that I want to go with that explanation. Why would she (laughs) think of that unless that was true? Yeah. (laughs) That's, like, a wild thing for somebody to say. (laughs) Yeah, like, okay, okay. There's this weird, like, where the writer is relating hard with the teacher and then makes the kids seem really hyper-exaggerated, like... Yeah, like, this way of of playing up the youth and, like, I was more intelligent than these stupid fucking babies, uh, and and I related to this teacher who was an an, an adult man, which is a very, like, you know... It's weird. um, (laughs) Type of guy. Yes, type of guy. Like, if you were to do this, R.O.P. and the teacher redundant characters, then. Like, I get the... I guess there's, like, a generational, like transformation of like passing like this traumatic event down but it doesn't really serve the story at all like it's not really adding anything to it like could you just be one character could this story be told in a different way to convey whatever it's trying to convey like there's not a lot there you know like after everything i think a lot of what the purpose of having mr Mays, i like i think 
it is not necessarily good, but I think the presence of Mr. Mays accomplishes what Cindelar is setting out to do with the story, which is hype. Because, yeah. right, like, if, like, especially if you are not a confident writer, and I don't believe that he is, mm. you, the idea of wanting to, like, set the story with just you finding this place, like, you know, you get lost with your friends and you find this place in the middle of nowhere, and you, and you go there, and, like, a, like you see some fucked up children. Uh-huh. That... Even though you could probably do that in a way that is much more effective and Mm -hmm. scary than what the showers actually is, Mm -hmm. there's not enough buildup for that. Yeah. Like, that's not going to win you scariest story on No Sleep of 2012. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Like, the belief in the story is presented through the teacher, so you're already hooked on believing. Like, yeah, this authority figure told the story. It affected him so much, it's affecting me so much, because I'm involved in the story, because <laughs> it's how I read as a person who's reading. Dude, remember when you were a sophomore in high school, and when a teacher said hell, you were like, because <laughs> <laughs> I... that happens in this story a lot. Yeah. yeah. I Again, like, I don't relate to things that, like, I can tell it in, like, that mind space of, like, oh, this is a fresh wound, but, like, like a regular person, I don't know maybe tell a high school story with that much of like oh vividity like i don't know it just rings really weird to me like whenever people are like really into their like high school teachers as an adult like you need to go to therapy or something (laughs) also like this guy is clearly not a universally bullet like he was the cool teacher but then at one point he's like you're all smart kids except jerry which is mean that's literally bullying? Yeah, I wrote that by note. That's fucked up. This is a fucked up guy. That was one of those things that, like, I can I can remember, like, teachers who would do that because they were, like, being sort of, like, th- like that. that is the performance of, like, the cool teacher. Yeah. Because, like, you can be sort of, like, jocular and mean with the students, but it's like, hey, that's not appropriate. That's a bad boundary that you're setting. I've had teachers like that, and most people have, I'm sure. That doesn't make a good teacher, and the story never, like, 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 yeah, we get he's fucked up and he's drinking and whatever, but we never get, like, idea that he's not a good teacher, okay? Like, these <laughs> things he does are bad form. These things he does are inappropriate. This is inappropriate behavior for a teacher. It's not cool. Like, you shouldn't be calling students out. You shouldn't be sharing your personal trauma as scary stories. You shouldn't be shaming another student for asking when the assignment is due that you made yourself, dumbass. Yeah, like, hey, if you assigned it for Halloween and you knew that you were going to tell the story that you tell every year so that you could just, like, <laughs> reassign it, like, why would you Why would you do that? You have bad yeah. organizational skills. Yeah, it's like, like you know, Cindelar doesn't have to be, like, a like a moralizer and say, like, no. well, this guy was a bad teacher. But it's, like, the fact that he doesn't necessarily seem to be aware that this guy was a bad teacher. It's just like, oh, he was a great guy who was just tragically fucked up. Yeah, I want people to listen to this and know, like, <laughs> if you had a teacher like that, that was fucked up and this is fucked up, okay? These things are not okay. <laughs> hey, if you're a teacher right now and you do this, you Die. need to go to therapy. You need to not have that job. And delete your TikTok. Delete your TikTok. <laughs> quit your job. You should become, like, someone who does landscaping, maybe? I think that might be therapeutic for you. There are things... After that story, because most of that story is not told through 
Mr. Maze's dialogue is told mm-hmm. retelling mm-hmm. in order. Uh-huh. Um, by the note, once we get past that, like the teacher has served the purpose of building hype. Mm-hmm. Now we're at the bar and he's drinking. He's not really talking like he's drunk. He just like doesn't have a vo- like. What is this man's voice? There's yeah, a part where he says, "Yeah, that's good." Fucking took him. They did. Are you British? <laughs> there's a there's a point in the bar. There's a point in that bar scene where he starts out. He's like, uh, I can't remember the word and she uses, but like this scene is not important except for the story. Like, dude, you don't need that. Just get into the story. You don't need to tell me how disaffected, how unimportant these scenes are. Just show me the scene. Get oh, get on with it. Let's go. <laughs> just just do it. It's, it's, it's very it's that sort of irony poison it's hey mm-hmm. not to not to bring out this chestnut kt but that's a deflationary measure right yeah yeah like the fact that he has to sort of continuously do this like disaffected attitude i know you want to get onto the good part and this wasn't really important because it, like it's like you are so irony poisoned that you can't even just like tell the story with yeah. a straight face you have to constantly be winking at the audience like don't worry you guys we're gonna get to the good stuff like then do it yeah, like, so... like don't, don't be self-conscious about let's, it. Let's go. Hurry up. Make this part good. Hey, instead of saying, like, wow, this part's really bad, huh? Just write it well, actually. And every paragraph of the showers, I could be reading a paragraph of some other story. So you can <laughs> speed it up, please, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Again, five paragraphs about, like, listen, here's the way... You know, have you heard of urban legends? I love stories. And when I tell... Listen, I'm just saying this so you know that I'm being truthful. Anyways, I had a teacher... Hey, paranormal subreddit. Have you guys heard of urban fucking legends? Just, like, classic ways that you set up, like, an unreliable narrator. But then, like, giving us no sense that the narrator is ever actually unreliable throughout the whole thing. (laughs) Oh, I don't care if he's reliable or not, is kind of the... Yeah, like, he's insufferable. Assuming that this person hasn't been inspired by similar media maybe the author doesn't understand the structure of unreliable narrator and this is his attempt to capture that without understanding that it's a lot of underworking in the way like a murder mystery has a lot of underwriting that people don't really Mm -hmm. consider being a part of the writing part but you have to like structure it so the story lies over the top like a sheet but the structure underneath is like layered. I mean, Wednesday, we know that he doesn't understand unreliable narrators <laughs> because we've seen Emil Anderson. I have, I'm sorry. Listen, I think like the he... whole premise of Emil Anderson is that he's like a wildly unreliable narrator. But, he's not. but like the way that he presents it is just insane. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, the the things that are like hard to believe are not the actual things that we're supposed to, to yeah, notice like... and be like, oh wow, hmm. Because like the guy tells us in, like, the first episode of Emil Anderson, he's like, yeah, I've been in an insane asylum for the last ten years of my life. Since I was five. And my therapist said that I need to make this video diary. <laughs> okay, he reused that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's this, like, moniker. It was in. Yeah. Hip. <laughs> yeah, the idea of, like, 
oh, I, I have mental health, I'm so twisted and fucked up, my <laughs> therapist said, make a, make a diary, make a journal, tell people about my experiences, expose myself on the internet, as if a therapist would ever tell you to do yeah, that, right? actually. My therapist said I should bother people with my problems. My, my therapist <laughs> said it'd be a good idea to get some clout online, because I have bills to pay. <laughs> We're supposed to find him an unreliable narrator because he has been in an asylum for 10 years <laughs> and not because the idea of someone being in an asylum for 10 years in the fucking 2010s is patently absurd. Like, me when I'm in an asylum for 10 years, though. Like, okay, going back to, like, him using the way he uses addiction and, like, again, like, Emma Anderson, like, the asylum thing, there's, like, a, a thread of ableism up in his writing yeah. that's, like, hey... Oh, fuck off, I guess. Like, <laughs> it's not good. It's cliche. It's bad. And it's, and it's trying to thread this. It's it's trying to thread this needle of both. This is like a like a bad thing that makes you kind of a bad person. But it's also like when it's me, it makes me like interesting and deep. You, you want to fuck me so much because <laughs> I this this twisted psychopath. <laughs> Well, it's, like, even one of the, like, awkward dialogue points is, like, uh, he goes, that's why my therapist told me to do. And then Jack goes, wait, your therapist? And it's, like, <laughs> yeah, his therapist. I don't know what you want here. Yeah, like, the idea that he would need a therapist. And Mr. Mace says, of course, you think something like that wouldn't fuck a person up. It's like, oh my god. It's all, That's such a weird thing as well, 10 years down the line in 2022, when everyone's like, yeah, my therapist, casually in conversation. Yeah. In, in, in 2022, we don't have sort of as much of that cultural stigma, I guess, as we did. Yeah. Like, even, even 10 years ago, where it was like, yeah. it's, it's like, hit. oh, you go to therapy because you have problems. Yeah. Like, capital P. I did have to remind myself, like, 2012, like, that was still, people were still trying to get into that, like, get, get <laughs> over that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, we didn't have help.com or whatever blast and ass 24-7. <laughs> oh, th see, that's the problem. Mr. Mays was on one of those apps somebody who, like, was not qualified, and they were like, oh. tell your students. Oh, I take back all my criticism. This is about medical malpractice. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, what do you think happened to those kids down there? They got malpractice. Oh my god, you, you're right. Oh, I, I oh this is the SARS. reverberating effects of it throughout communities. Hey, fuck the story. What if the story was about that <laughs> and the location was like an asylum legitimately that was being urban explored? <laughs> <laughs> like if it was an actual asylum then it would just be every other horror story oh, ever yeah, it would not fine. stick out at all oh, you're right because like the location of the showers is genuinely really cool like hey why is there this fucked up barn yeah. in the middle of nowhere there's a perimeter around it where nothing can live one of the lines that did stand out to me is like the rabbit on the side of the road that yeah, lays down like, and dies because yeah. this place is so fucked up and evil like yeah. oh yeah it's no so okay cool. that is like so there is like actually this extra theme i feel like you said it already. I'm not like adding, but um, the, the, like the the like things are dead around this building. There's like unknown, gross, bloody shit like f seeping into these shower things. Like, mm -hmm. it, yeah. it, it feels like it's like this 
in this like rural area. Like you could say this is about pipelines. It's like Ooh. industrial destruction of an environment in a rural area. Yeah. Oh, that's that really is just like good. left there. Yeah, um, like, I like that a lot. The way that it just like fucks up children. Or like Nebraska's considered like the Rust Belt, right? Like this is this real. is like the the sort of leftover evidence of like capitalism has abandoned yeah. these people kind of vibe. Like if these children represent like child labor in coal mines or train like track laying or whatever, that'd be like it doesn't have okay. It doesn't have to be something specific, but it does have to have cultural memory of the terrible things that happened here. Yeah, it has to have, like, Mm -hmm. weight to it. But it does not give us that. No. I really like the location. I really like the area it builds up. It feels like... I have this in my notes. I... This feels like a good time to bring it up, is that, like, while I couldn't pinpoint any kind of, like, related mythology for Nebraska, because Nebraska's, um, folklore history is very, like, personal. It's very, like, tragedy based like family yeah like your your heart was broken and you turned into salt and that's why this lake is salty kind of or river is salty is kind of like the <laughs> the third line in like nebraska history um I'm, I'm sorry if i've chopped that story up <laughs> but in americana as a whole there is a, a common like folk tailing of roads to hell of gateways to hell Mm-hmm. And like he he basically name drops at one point like broken bow or broken bow is like whatever to hell right? He's like hell on earth. Hell on earth, yeah. The road up to it in other locations of America, like um, trees that reach out like that. There are stories of like Satan approached Earth and screamed, and the trees all bent weird. And like if you follow that path, you'll be in hell. Or, like, if you pass through these gates at a certain time and you see this area is all fucked up, you're going to be in hell. And that feels really, like, similar to what this story is presenting. Like, the red door is, like, a gate. And, like, the area is, like, the last boundary before you pass into, like, a gate of hell. Or, like, and the trees have been, like, bent through some, like, sinister, otherworldly underground means. Yeah, and the the way that like, the sort of discrepancy between the geography. Okay. Because, like, in the original story, they go down into, like, from, like, mm-hmm. a cellar door inside mm-hmm. the barn building, and then they go through the tunnel, and they walk for, like, a mile, and eventually end up in this underground mm-hmm. showers area, and then they have to run mm-hmm. back up out through the through the building. He does it sort of the opposite way. He's inside... The building and he falls down yeah. into the showers and has to climb back up out and ends up yeah, outside of the building from from the from the cellar door so it's like like the sense of unreal mm-hmm. geography which is the other thing that makes me think yeah. like yeah you were reading house of leaves and this got in your head but also like it is it is an yeah. unreal space and like okay to that like because it happens differently to him it's almost like you want to believe that he created this space with his mind and that somehow this was like like a reflection of him and not necessarily a physical location that existed. Like that entering through this space became like a thing that got created and which is why the part two that doesn't exist yet, which shouldn't like reflect on how we're talking about this, is different because <laughs> he is now a different person. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's also, it's a similar kind of 
one of the popular ideas about mm-hmm. Silent Hill is that when you go into it, you are are entering into a space that is tailored to you. You are going into like a hell of your own creation. Did I get that right? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> not wrong. I mean, I feel like Silent Hill has no. Yeah, I feel like Silent Hill has a lot of like interesting like ways to read it and like that's like the most like if you were making spin-offs or like things inspired by it that's what you can go with that wouldn't like strip lore from the thing that makes it different before we get too far away from this i want to say that when he fell through that panel there was a part of me like i was like oh no because I thought it was going to be a secret time travel story where he was on top of the thing that hit the guy in the oh first story. Oh my god, story. I want that so bad. And I was like, that would be so bad if that happened. But thank god it didn't. I think that'd be funny. I think if that was like, but like, you were the force behind this. No sleep people write those stories all the time. That's true. I, I feel like they have rules against time travel time travel now they might not have when shadow uh, showers hit though we could have had it maybe it's like other similar paradoxes i mean yeah that i think that would be very bad in the specific thing no there was actually there was one i uh, it was on the no sleep podcast which is like not the same yeah Mm -hmm. there was one where it was like somebody watching their friend get killed by a ghost and then they go back when they're older and they're like trying to kill the ghost and they think they see the ghost and they try to kill it and it turns out they're the ghost that killed or some shit like that listen (laughs) a ghost killing you is scary but it's also really funny to say this ghost killed you i think okay same story but instead you you were the person who got killed by the ghost and you thought that you were alive for a long time and you go back and you 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 kill yourself as a ghost so you got on reddit Um, I'm a ghost. Ask me anything. <laughs> <laughs> now that definitely happened on X. <laughs> yeah, because because Reddit um, has rules against you're not uh, allowed to post a story if the narrator uh, dies by the end and is not able to post their story. Like you have to Reddit have no fun. <laughs> you have to have some reason. To justify why they are able to post their story. Yeah, I'm a ghost in the machine. I would love for Reddit to be around a campfire. <laughs> I'd be like, no, you can't tell that one. <laughs> the rules, I think it'd be cool to dissect, like, the rules and where the rules came from and, like, the impact it has on, like, writing culture. Because some of them are like, you're like, yeah, that's fine. But a lot of them are, like, draconian in a way that's, like, Okay, you didn't need... Just because there was, like, a, a minor influx that you don't need this. You're, you're yeah. silly. You're silly, silly, silly. You can tell when they made a rule in reaction to one thing getting popular. Like, <laughs> I'm so positive that, like, they're like, hey, no sex horror, please. <laughs> and they did that because Baraska got popular. Yeah. 1,000% I would yeah. owe that money. I, yeah. Because what got popular? Baraska. Baraska? Don't know that one. It's like a... Like a, like a rural horror story where, like, the plot twist is that they're using, um, girl children, children with, uh, re- not, not necessarily girl children, but, you know, like, that's what you're supposed to, like, get from it's, it. It's, it's a sex trafficking thing at the Yeah, end. it's a sex trafficking story. Gross. Like, it, it, it sets itself up like, ooh, this is gonna be, like, a, like, a weird paranormal story yeah, except the out. twist turns out to be that it was like a really 
bad representation of sex trafficking the whole time. What if your dad really wanted to impregnate your sister? Is where he's getting with that? And like, <laughs> what if that was the creepy pasta? Yeah, that's that's the way that Baraska ends. Is the ultimate revelation. It's not good, uh, and it's wildly popular. It there was a podcast, uh, and Cole Sprouse was in it. Who? The Cole Sprouse, the, the Sprouse twin. Cole Sprouse? No. Yeah, the, the guy from Riverdale. No. God, does he play that? Do they sign him. He did a, a sociological experiment. We were on, on Tumblr dot com. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was him. Um. Okay. No. <laughs> and then he decided to play some character in the story about. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> it's not. It's it's really involved and long. Yeah, you can listen or read it. I guess. I w- I would not recommend that you do. It is it is not interesting, and yeah. it is fucking interminable. Yeah, I could do a lot of things. <laughs> There's something about, like... Okay, first of all, I don't ever want to see that on something like No Sleep. Like, that's not actually what I go to... You know, if I'm if I'm theoretically looking at creepypastas, I don't want to see that. But also, like, in general, like, sometimes I will, like, read or listen to, like, a really fucked up gruesome horror story that is about, like, human horror. But, like... There's no reason not to let people know that that's what they're getting into because Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, 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 okay. That's the thing with like showers and that and like creepy pasta in a hole. It's like if someone has gotten murdered, if you have a realization that's that big, like human trafficking and your sister being like impregnated and junk or whatever happened in the story, and then like, like with showers, if you have this realization, if you have this big event, that goes first. Uh, you don't, like, you, as a human person, don't sit down like, let me give you my intro and my rising act. You're like, hey, this fucked up thing happened to me. This is what happened. And let me unpack that. Like, yeah, like, th- th- yeah. that's the fundamental thing that makes showers come across so weird and phony is that he is presenting his writer persona first and foremost. And he's like, I was a writer and I and I care about horror and, and I was so into it as a kid. And then, then this horrible thing happened to me, and I'm gonna present it as a horror story. But you have to believe me that it's real. It's like, why? Why would yeah. they believe you? Why are you presenting it Let's like this? Start like, it. like a horrible thing happened to you. Why don't you just tell me? Yeah. Hey, this fucked up thing happened to me. An actual great example is like that fucking uh, that screenshot of a Fortean post where somebody was like, "I found a fake city," and it's like about them finding like <laughs> yeah. a black site or something. Uh huh. Yeah. Not a black site, but you get what I mean. That like yeah. testing yeah, like a, city. Like a government. Yeah. But it's like they put like it says what it is right at the fucking top. Yeah, like get it out because they had a weird experience and they were like, "This fucking happened," and like that's how you <laughs> say that. Yeah, like you start with like, "Hey, does anyone have a similar experience? Hey, does anyone know anything about Broken Bone, Nebraska, or have you heard about the showers?" Like. Start with a reason for people to be like, oh, let invested. The which like these are also like creepy pasta kind of like mainstays for that reason. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm just logging on to be like, has anybody else seen the Bunny Man? And like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> people cl- 
clown on like the recent sort of no sleep trend of like leading having the title be like the premise of your story basically but it's like hey that is kind of how people talk about experiences that they have in real life yeah. like i kind of believe that you know more than someone giving it like a fucking artsy name yeah well it's like for journalism i understand like the main way you're taught to like write articles is like paragraphs in order of importance so mm-hmm. like it wouldn't necessarily be chronological because you're like putting the most important stuff right up at the top and then adding mm-hmm. details to it and it's like because that's how people talk about like a thing that happened they want to tell other people about when they're not like like if you want it so badly to be this thing of like i'm telling you a story of a real thing that happened to me but like you don't understand the like how people do that yeah yeah like trying to get this authenticity but not knowing how to balance authenticity with these like sort of quote-unquote literary sensibilities extremely literary (laughs) yeah like the want to show that you have the most writing chops of everyone who's ever written ever clashing with like what makes these stories like good and resonating with people like undercutting sort of your own point because you need to I like it, it's a similar kind of thing we've talked a little bit about like house of leaves mm-hmm. and and john dies at the end and like haven't read the the latter but like from what i understand about it it runs into a similar sort of problem yeah i don't okay yeah the narrator is unreliable but at the same time i know this is a book how are you suspending how are you <laughs> stretching my disbelief over the chasm you're creating with these characters is more important than me, like, just going with it because that's what you're telling me in the story. Yeah, I know this is made up. This is a book with a different dude's name on it. Like, I, <laughs> like duh, fuck off. Like, if you want to create an unreliable narrator, you have to be invested in the narrator if you want that revelation to hit. Yeah. Like, we don't feel betrayed that someone was lying to us unless we care about that person the lie that was being told or the person yeah so like if if the person is like an extremely insufferable person like jack is (laughs) it's like yeah you you might be lying to me you might be making it up but like i don't really care either way yeah you haven't given me a reason to yeah and like people who write like this don't like invest the time in the characters to build likability or, like, care of the story because they're trying to be so, like, disaffected. Yeah, because they have to show that they're the specialist, most intelligent writers in the world. I want somebody to write this story from the perspective of Steve, where it's like, <laughs> I don't know, my annoying writer friend <laughs> hit his head when we went to an abandoned building and I had to save him. And now he's, like, really sad all the time. <laughs> Also, oh my god, this is, like, another thing of, like, you wrote this thing in a way that, like, like Wednesday you mentioned that, like, I can tell you didn't move around. He talks about, like, a, he gets a, con- he, like, hits his head, and then he's like, I got a concussion, it was so much pain, and then, like, the pain was worse probably because of the concussion, and it's like, as somebody who has fallen backwards on roller skates and hit my head in my little helmet, oh, no. it doesn't hurt <laughs> for a bit. When you get a concussion, it's like the Joker says in The Dark Knight. I didn't know I hit my head. Like, everybody had just stopped, and then they were like, are you okay? 
I don't know. I just like. It feels like yeah. A lot of people want to like write from experiences that they don't have, and like you can do that to some regard. But like, if you have like fundamentally no like investment in the thing you are writing, it's going to show no matter what it is. Like if you like if you're like I got hit by a car. It's like at least do research. Do research, but like if you've never experienced like an equivalent thing, like if you've never went on a long trip, you probably can't handle. I've moved around a lot story. Like, if you've never, like, sprained an ankle, you can't handle I broken leg. If it's, like, a major part of your story and comes from, like, nowhere, it's going to, like, land really empty. You yeah. heard it here. The Creepypasta Book Club podcast is coming down on the side of break your legs. Go break your... Oh. If you want a ta- <laughs> if you If you want me to believe your character's in pain... I need you <laughs> to go do something right now. Slam, slam your hand on a hot stove now. Do it. Do Listen, it. Listen, <laughs> author of this story, break your legs. <laughs> Dylan Sindelar, safely, yeah. break your legs. <laughs> like, I personally didn't have a lot of injuries, but I played roller derby, like a pretty intense contact mm-hmm. sport. Yeah. I witnessed injuries, and that alone, I don't know, it just... It's like him describing the injuries he got suddenly, but also how he reacted to them. I like it's fake. Couldn't keep track of what happened to his body because it was so nebulous, <laughs> and it's just like there is a. I was like, "Where's the adrenaline in yeah. this moment? Where's the like shouting? There's no passion. It's like when you read fan fiction and you know someone's not really invested in the ship, but like they want to write the fuck scene anyway, and it's like <laughs> the bodies are just like all over the place, and, like there's like empty things happening. It's a lot like that, I think. Yeah, it's like people whose experience with writing a certain type of thing is through experiencing other people's writing of that thing. Like, no first-hand account is ever coming into contact with this person. Yeah. Oh my god. It's like Plato's cave meme where the, like, <laughs> the shadow figures are Reddit thread. Oh my god. Showers <laughs> are a really good shadow puppet show. Oh my god. It's perfect. You just turn off the light at some point. <laughs> As in, like, as somebody who enjoys, like, really, like, bizarro, like, just strange fiction, a lot of the time, fan fiction that is, like, meant as, like, a fan fiction thing, but done poorly, ends up being, like, really good. Like, this is just a strange, fucked up little story, (laughs) and I'm entertained by how strange and fucked up it is. Yeah, there's appeal in that. Like, authentic fucked upness doesn't work as good with horror you have to know where you're going yeah a little bit i feel like there's room for like free versing horror but like yeah you need the underpinning of like like unless you've like know you can do it i think i don't know like maybe it's more like the thought that you can do it is sort of like romanticized but yeah it, it create and you need a lot of structure for these things to land or you need to commit to not having structure yeah. But, yeah. like, one or the other. Yeah, you can't, yeah. It's the want for both that ends up having things really, like, wooden. Yeah, like, things can either be abstracted or they can be, like, explicated. But it's hard to thread the needle between both. I don't want to ever come down saying, like, like, there's something you can't do in fiction or something that can never be good, never be pulled off but certain things are 
definitely harder to pull off. This isn't like the same sort of thing because it's a movie, but I feel like Witch is like perhaps one of the few things I've ever seen that managed to thread both. And it's all, Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's like a period piece is what makes it work. Like you're removed from the setting. You are removed from it because it's not a present thing. Like you can't like you're not a pilgrim or whatever they are. But like there's a realism to it because it's like you see them doing like hard labor and you see them going through hardships and you see them in their little costumes and stuff. And then the fantasy <laughs> element doesn't come until like later where you're not even sure it's happening. And I feel like that's the like like the Blair Witch is another good example, I think, of that. And like it's hard to do that in a shared story format because you're trying to thread something different. Yeah. There's like I'll say like the Witch and the Blair Witch both do the real like fantasy like fantastic elements don't come in until later. Mm-hmm. The witch like establishes a little bit early on, but your characters don't know that. But what they both do is like the woods, and like especially with the witch, is like they're trying to live out there. They're kind of they're weird, devout colonizer people. Mm-hmm. A bear could end all of them. Like, yeah, the woods are scary on their own. Like the fear is the woods and not necessarily what's happening with a paranormal. So no matter what unfolds around it, the core fear is the woods. Yeah, and they're isolated. Yeah. Uh well you could drop the building and its underground complex from the showers anywhere. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Because actually the area around it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 So like the core fear of the showers is it's unknown, and it's unknown isn't supported by the area it's in. You could do that, like, in downtown Detroit. You could do that in, like, an island or whatever. Honestly, it would probably be scarier if he was, like, from a place distinctively and, like, heard about this place that, like, he'd never known was in his area yeah. and this feeling of, like, Oh, like, I've been living somewhere with poison under it. Yeah. Well, that's how an urban legend works, too. Yes. Like, he talks about urban legends, but this place, like, we already mentioned this. It's not an urban legend. This doesn't have, like, nobody talked about, like, the story, the trauma dumping is not an urban legend. That it, it is not mythical. Yeah, there's no legend. Yeah, and an urban legend would be like... There's a ghost here, and you go to the ghost, and you see, like, there's something much worse than a ghost. It's like, (laughs) it's like the infection of the story that makes an urban legend story creepier than the urban legend itself isn't there. There's no, like, peeling back a thing. It's just this weird thing that happens. The closest thing that we get is that, like, they meet that one old woman who kind of references knowing something about it. The whole like, oh, we don't do that kind like yeah. we we don't we don't deal with that kind of thing around here anymore. Which is like, okay, like that, that that's a fine sort of like way of confirming that it wasn't like made up to begin with. It's so generic. Yeah, it's generic and yeah. really obnoxious to be like, oh, we came up to r- random residents and we're like, hey, have <laughs> you heard about this bar? Like, no, I love that they seem to have learned from, like, bothering the other people. Everybody was like, what? I don't know. And so they talked to her for 15 minutes and were, like, being <laughs> nice before they're like, so, bad place? Yeah, weird. It's, like, not... I, like, wanted... 
I was interested. I was interested mm-hmm. in that old lady communication because I wanted it to be something. I wanted it to be something that like grounding's not quite the right word, but a little bit like it, something that would unfold. Yeah. That, well, I just wanted it to like be like thread. okay, now this is a thing, a thread. Yeah. Yes. Um. Just like okay, this is like being a pin has been put into a map somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not really like I don't know if this, the old lady isn't too because there's like characters and junk, but like ignoring that for now, <laughs> things just happen in the story to facilitate getting to point B when you could just start with point B. Yes, <laughs> it is weird. I don't know. If he is trying to get at something, my instinct is that he did not give a definitive location for the place because he feels like people would want to ask him, okay, so where was it? You know, Uh he has to sort of like waffle about where exactly it was and when it could just be like, yeah, he told me where it was, and I'm not going to share it with you because nobody should go there. Yeah, which would have been scarier, which would have landed harder, I think. Like, more iconic, like an iconic, like, don't go there, I'm not sharing this with you, is so much more, like, hard-hitting than, like, picking two random places in Nebraska. Because, like, why Nebraska? Why these two (laughs) places? They're not particularly leaning towards anything. I love that he's like, where did you say all that showers business took place? Where? Didn't I mention it? It's somewhere outside Broken Bow, Nebraska. That felt, like, very Stephen King. Like, that tone of, like, how it was delivered and done. That was, like, a, <laughs> like I read a Stephen King book right recently now. Also, he's from New York. They don't talk like that. Yeah. He's he's from New York. Uh, he, um, Mr. Mays is from New York? Yeah, he's, he's going to college in New York. Mr. Mays talks like fucking nobody (laughs) but also it's like oh it's this big deal but then he's like where is it uh well it's around this town you should probably go get this trauma too because (laughs) this is maybe what i was trying to do to you this whole time i don't know all the kids are into it Like, if if Mr. Mays had some kind of active malice... It, okay, first of all, it's very silly that he immediately dies of liver poisoning a month later. I think that's very silly. I... a month later. Okay, okay, okay. I wrote a note about that somewhere. Enough. But, like, the way he treats, like, the him dying is, like... He died of liver failure, but it's all right. Because he's surrounded by his family. What the fuck are you talking about? He, he was going Isn't through a divorce like, and yeah, having yeah. a hard time talking to his child. Like, <laughs> then I know it's thirty minutes before we get into the actual meat of the story. He complains about his English degree costing him a lot of money, but he also saved money to go road tripping. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? In any of this part? Like, every detail is like chosen to avoid deciding on a detail yeah yeah it's it's trying to be like an ur horror story and in doing that it becomes nothing it becomes a mush yeah it's got a cool scene too and like a lot i think a lot has like a lot of like conceptual tissue to it that's appealing but like the story itself is I, i i feel like showers really had the benefit of coming out during the time that it did 
because we didn't it didn't have the same kind of horror exposure that we do now. Yeah. Like it was in like a pre Slender the Eight Pages world. Let's go back. We gotta go back. Along with a bunch of other mainstream horror stuff blowing up in the following years, like the Conjuring franchise, the Purge, the Insidious franchise, which was the point at which like horror became sort of like mainstreamed yeah. for normies. We gotta make horror unpalatable again. <laughs> it's the only way we'll survive. So, 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 so it was sort of allowed to exist in this space where, like, there were not nearly as many eyes on it mm-hmm. as there are now on No Sleep. Yeah. Like, and that's not to discredit the things that Showers did that were good and do work. Like, even though we've been kind of harsh on it in this episode, but like, ten years down the line. It feels like it has not stood the test of time. So it's easier to see the confluence of things that allowed it to be successful between the state of the horror community and Cindelar's established place in it at this specific like, period of time. But also, like, Pen Pal came out the same year as oh this, God. and it didn't get the scariest story of 2012? Fuck you. That's insane. That's a, that's a crime. Uh, I, I'll have to check out Pen Pal. Oh, please. <laughs> Um, I do, that, like, timeline thing is, like, because in the 2000s, post-9-11, you get, mm-hmm. like, really bro-y horror. Yeah, we And, do. like, Eli Roth and Saw and all that shit. Yeah. And, like, I think, I, like, part of the appeal of creepypasta, again, like, for me, it's, like, oh, it's, like, weird, it's, like, interesting. It might be, like, gory, but it's mm-hmm. other stuff, too. Mm-hmm. As, like, a horror video game person, Slender the Eight Pages fucks me up because there are just still video games that are just that, but with yeah. a different character. Literally every Five Nights at Freddy's game. Yeah, yeah. The impact on horror community, on horror is online general, has been, like, devastating. Like, as though a meteor has <laughs> slammed into the body of horror. <laughs> and, like... Slender the Eight Pages had one of the most, like, devastating impacts on, like, the online community because Slender the Eight Pages was one of the games that made Let's Play viable. Yeah. And, like, let's like oh, accessible right. Let's Play. <laughs> Original Sin. <laughs> the one that I got into was SCP-087-B. Yeah, yeah. SCP stuff, too. Where, But, but it, like, it wasn't... Because there have been a lot of SCP games now and mm-hmm. they, like kind of rely on you knowing the lore but scp-087b is like just do this one scp and you just like it is like so it's a walking simulator it's like Mm -hmm. it is a game that is like all the things that people were like it's a staircase one right yeah it's it's a game that is like it is all the things that like people are getting mad about at that time that comes out but Mm -hmm. they are playing it enjoying it you literally just like walk down a dark staircase and like hear sounds and eventually a thing will jump out at you and (laughs) and it like won't be too loud it'll just like happen yeah but it'll like come straight for you and then the game will close and then it's over i feel like there's like two categories here like a scale thing like there's the art the accessibility the ability to get into the community the ability to contribute to a community versus like longevity and health of that community and people who aren't 
interested or willing to learn how to behave within that community coming in because Mm -hmm. it's popular and accessible and how that's affecting like horror art yeah not to be like it's capitalism but it's like like the incentive to it's it's like the cost-benefit analysis Mm -hmm. of it why would you put forth the effort and it takes a lot of effort to craft a horror story or especially a horror game Mm -hmm. that is like complex or has heart to it that you have put part of your soul into Mm -hmm. when you can get as much money entering into a symbiotic relationship with streamers who have also sort of made the same cost-benefit analysis to be able to make a bunch of money playing this game that has recognition on stream or or filming themselves for youtube and jumping and screaming very loudly hey have you played i'm scared no me um, I've seen it. I have not personally played you should, it. You also, you should totally play it. It's like it has a very it has a very similar appeal of um, the staircase stuff, but I think very well executed and very like personal. The remake, mm. the, like the full version, which is like a it's like a extended lore, is I don't think isn't as like snappy as the first one, but it's also pretty good. And have you ever? It's like probably, but I gotta bring it up. Is is the the Kitty Horror Show? Oh yeah, which is like, like that is what I like. Yeah, yeah, Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anatomy Haunted. Uh, the Haunted Cities. Haunted Cities. They're so good. Williams, uh, Kirza is one of my favorite. Oh. But yeah, it's just like the Staircase game, kind of goes off in that direction, mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than one of the recent ones I. Uh, uh, buff imposter chases you it's the imposter from mungus but like really oh fucking God. ripped and then and like doing kool-aid man through walls no. and you have to run away. this is um, um i played it on stream it was bad this is a major tangent what's popular right now that feels like a good in between with like the streamer culture and like horror games trying to be like transgressive Tra- like transmedia like media plus out you know like not traditional horror games as um i'm on observation duty observation duty the the game is called observation duty yes okay that feels like the middle ground between like that style of horror and like the streamer meme culture style of horror and i don't know how to throw that into showers but that feels like where it's at (laughs) right now (laughs) And it feels like a part of it. Maybe, maybe this ties it, which is I, I, I feel like it's important to remember that horror has always been trash. Yeah. That like, <laughs> even as I mean, this is I always do the. It's not that I think like capitalism doesn't make various kinds of art and culture shittier, but it's also <laughs> like the things that we like look to fondly now are the things that like fucking sucked before and were like a huge (laughs) glut getting in the way of like doing something else at the time yeah i think personally things that suck are awful i often really like for a lot of value so i don't consider that something i'm like knocking like oh this is sucky and i'm like above it or whatever because i like a lot of junk (laughs) sure but yeah like, I think things can be stupid, but also made with passion, is, is like, 
like that's the thing that I feel like I'm missing from a lot of more recent stuff. You've got to put your whole penis in it or I can't read it. Yeah. yeah I mean, the way I would, I also need the penis to read it. Um, but <laughs> I would... Showers, showers is a, a penis free story. Yeah. And it needs more juice. Showers is pretty cumless. Um, <laughs> I would, but like, it is this thing where it's like, what Dylan uh, doesn't understand in writing this story is like, this is trash. You're making trash. Make the trash. Yeah. Don't like try to turn it into That's a different it. thing. Yeah. Embrace that it's trash. It's trashy. Love it. Love that it's trash. It's slutty. Roll around in it. I, I, <laughs> I, I want to see liquids. Let's go. <laughs> Tell me how it smells. Uh, yeah, so those are our notes for Dylan. More come. Honestly. Dude. What is, what is Mr. May's come like? Like, listen. I, I don't necessarily... He's dead. I feel like, listen. I feel like there is a lost opportunity when he was up in that bar in a divorce talking. He's like, I'm not talking to him as a student. I'm talking to him as an adult. Like, where are you going with that, buddy? No, this is this is the unreliable narrator. He says that he said bye to him, and they went separate ways. They went to the we bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for letting me talk at you forever. This is wonderful, thank yes. Thank you for being on. Thank you for joining us. we're gonna wrap it up there for tonight what do you think of showers leave a comment tell us your thoughts we'd love to hear from you if you like the show go ahead and leave a like or a review and share it with your friends we're a small independent podcast we don't advertise so we need word of mouth to grow as always links to the story and our social media will be in the description on our next episode we will be reading candle cove this has been creepypasta book club thank you and good night